0: I'm the last one, shake up. I'm a rage it war. I'm a break, not break. Here, break you all. We can do this a lot. Hey, put on the floor. It's too late. You can't stop the swarm. Come and get what you came for. Welcome back to the Goon Rules Podcast. That was The Bone Shaker by Red Light King. Uh, he's been cool enough to allow us to use that to make it the official single of The Goon Rules. Check him out on Spotify with his new single, Cold Killer. Today, I got Will, the naked warrior himself. from Naked Warrior Recovery. Will, thanks for coming on to the show, man. Appreciate you.
1: Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on here. I'm stoked to be here.
0: Absolutely brother. And I tell you what folks, Will's a busy guy. Um, and I really appreciate him taking the time to spend some time and talk with us. But one thing that, uh, that hit me was, was that, uh, Will initially reached out to me when I did a blade for one of his brothers in arms, Clint Emerson, and he was cool enough to, uh, start following me. And then I started following him and then keeping up on the the things that he's got going on. And, uh, I think uh, you folks will really like his, you know, his vibe, his groove and everything he's all about. Uh, and I'm just going to let him tell his story. Um, will, take it up. You know, you can go ahead and kick off and do whatever you want to do. And I want this to kind of just turn to a back and forth if that's cool.
1: Yeah, it's, it's super easy. So uh, a little about me. I grew up in a little town outside of Meridian, Mississippi. There's, you know, not a whole lot going on there, but I was heavily involved in the Boy Scouts. I liked hunting. I liked I liked fishing. I was not good at it. I liked hunting. I was not good at it. Um, but again, heavily involved in the Boy Scouts. I eventually became uh an Eagle Scout. But while I was doing that, I went to I so you know, kind of backing up a little bit more. I always knew that at some point in my life I wanted to be part of some sort of elite military organization. Cause I watched, you know, when it growing up, we had four channels. We had ABC, CBS, NBC, and TBS. No, not TBS, it was uh PBS. PBS. And uh, it was like, you know, yeah, exactly. And it was two knobs and the, the whole thing. Or, you know, we were fancy because we had this antenna on top of our house and my dad had it hooked up so that, you know, I knew like exactly the direction that the big antenna needed to face for each channel. Uh, and so I watched, you know, a lot of Kung Fu theater. I watched uh, a lot of John afternoon. Wayne movies. Yep. All, all the time. Yep. Sundays even. Yeah. and uh, <clears throat> And so I wanted to be a ninja when I grew up. I also maybe you know wanted to be a like I, I saw the movie Last of the Mohicans, so that was pretty cool. Sweet, yeah. and I was like, I I couldn't understand you know I want to be in the military, I think, but I want to be a part of uh, like an elite military unit, like a sniper unit that just ambushes the enemy from from the side. I you know I always thought this this idea of a fair fight was stupid. You know you know armies lining up in a field like squaring off against one another and just like shooting at one another and then like running towards each other. I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I want to be the guys in the woods over here, like outflanking the enemy and like hitting him from the side. They never even, or even from behind, that's even better. So, uh, I was, went to this national jamboree. Uh, it's like every four years the boy scouts puts it on. It was happened. It happened to be in Fort AP Hill, Virginia. And while we were getting ready to go to this jamboree, we, The troop that I was in partnered up with another troop. So we would have enough people to make it cost effective. And I met a kid in this other troop and uh, he was really good at swimming. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's cool. I I'm okay at swimming. I'm marginal at swimming. Uh, And he was like, yeah, I want to be a, when I grow up, I want to be an F-14 Tomcat pilot. I want to go to the Naval Academy and I want to be a Navy SEAL. And I was like, Naval Academy, that sounds cool. That's what I want to do. F-14 Tomcat pilot. I saw the movie Top Gun. That's what I want to do. What's a Navy SEAL. And so, because, you know, once upon a time, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have all these movies that we have now. That's right. And that's the era that I grew up in. Yep. And, uh, and so, you know, eventually, um, the guy, he told me like what a Navy SEAL was They're the, you know, the, the most elite, you know, special forces in the world. I was like, Oh, like Rambo. He was a Ranger in Vietnam or John Wayne was, he was a green beret in Vietnam. And uh, he was like, yeah, kind of like that. They work in small units. They, you know, it's unconventional warfare. They jump out of airplanes, they scuba dive, they do all these other cool things. And I was like, awesome. I want to be a Navy SEAL too. And so, but I also made this other promise to myself that I would never join the Navy because my dad was in the Navy. My grandfather was in the Navy. The Navy has the ugliest uniforms on the planet. No one can argue with me and win. (laughs) Little white Dixie cup hat thing. Um, and there was a naval air station where I grew up. So I was like, I'm not good. And, you know, these kids that come out of boot camp and they go to the, their school after boot camp, and they walk around in these big packs in the mall. And they act like a bunch of idiots. They're loud, obnoxious. I was like, not going to be one of those guys. Well, I came back from that, you know, that national jamboree and uh, I became one of those guys. The Navy recruiter called my house. He said, Hey, have you ever thought about joining the Navy? And I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, I, I, I want to be a, a Navy SEAL. I want to go to the Naval Academy and I want to fly f 14 Tomcats. He's like, check, come on down here. And so Audrey. I went down to the recruiting station. He showed me this terrible uh, movie about Navy SEALs. And I was like, so where do I sign? So I, I joined the Navy essentially before my 12th grade of high school. Wow. I joined, you know, uh, in the delayed entry program, I graduated high school, went off to boot camp. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm telling the story, but you know, as a kid, I was poor, like poor, like free lunch is poor. Um, I had a mediocre mindset. Uh, I I was not good at sports at all. Like hand-eye coordination. I am the worst. Like, you know, um, on the football field, I can hit you. I can't catch the ball. I can't throw the ball. I have zero natural talent in my body. Everything that I have is something that I worked for. Like, I found out, you know, six years ago that I have ADHD. Like, oh, I thought it was just dumb. I just wasn't that smart. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, fast forward, I joined the Navy. I go off to boot camp. I take the SEAL screening test and I fail it. The lesson that I learned there, and I didn't figure it out until later on, is there are these minimum metrics that you have uh, in the in the SEAL screening test. You know, it's like, uh, I forgot. It's a 500-yard swim. You have to swim it in a certain amount of time. You have, I don't know, like 52 push-ups, 60 sit-ups, 12 pull-ups, and the mile and a half run in a certain amount of time.
0: Now that's just the, that's just the, that's just to get those into buds, are, right?
1: Those are right. Those are the minimum standards. Like you have to score at least this high. Yeah. And and it's not even that high. And so I took the the screening test in boot camp. I passed the swim. I you know we you know put on my dungaree pants and my boondocker boots. And my T-shirt, and I'm ready to start doing the push-ups, and I think I get to like 34, and I'm like, I can't do anymore, so I yeah. fail, like the first time I took it. Um, the, you know, and and again, the lesson there, there was I was shooting for 52 push-ups. I wasn't shooting for 152 push-ups. Yeah. I wasn't shooting for excellence. I was shooting for mediocrity. Yeah. And so it took me a long time in life to figure out that that's the worst thing that you could possibly do is shoot for that low number. You should try to destroy that low number, but that was, you know, that, that was well, can I stop decades you f- in the making for a second
0: <laughs> and, and unpack that right there, because that's something that I think a lot of us miss. So let me ask you a question about that particularly. Sure. What at that point in time, when that happened, all right, because I've got a saying that behind every winner, there's a quitter. Sure. Right. There's, there's the, the bitterness of quitting that someone has to experience at least once. Before they realize how much it sucks. I so, think that's
1: probably, there's a lot of truth there. Yeah.
0: What happened to you there? What, because I mean, that had to have been paramount for you.
1: Well, I, I knew that I could take the test again and again. And so, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm falling back on my mediocre mindset. I'm not good at sports. I'm not good at this stuff, but I can get better. Yeah. And so that's what I did. I, I eventually got better, but it took me, uh, I made some more errors, and I ended up on a ship uh, in Yokosuka, Japan, because of, you know, I, I again, mediocre mindset. I didn't get up early when I went to my A school to go take the SEAL screening test. Oh, it's winter in, you know, north of Chicago. It's yep. cold outside. It's yep. dark. It's Great Lakes, uh, it's, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. And so it was not, I was, um, again, mediocre weak-minded at the time i there's a reason why i didn't get there when i wanted to get there because i didn't really want it enough and so i went to another school in damn neck virginia and i thought i will go to this school uh four months get in better shape i'm in pretty good shape now i can pass i'm sure i can pass the screening test um and what they told me is well you took the orders to this school they're attached to the ship in Yokosuka, japan and so you're going to go spend 24 months in yukusuka, Japan. Sorry about that. That was cool of you. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get, I tried to get on the mute button earlier. That was Hold cool on. of you. One more that. time. Okay, recovering from a little cold that I have. It's like in my lungs here. I think there's something but, going around
0: because my kids just got over something
1: yeah I, I i'm sure i picked it up in when i was uh, speaking at an event in chicago right one more time hold on. no worries bro all right so so there i was um off to Yokosuka, japan i rode on a ship for for 24 months when it was time to leave the ship and go to my next duty station i called my detailer and i was like hey man and for those who don't know, the detailer is the guy that uh, assigns you your next job in the Navy or the military period. <clears throat> so I called him up and I said, hey, I'm, I'm just letting you know, uh, I'm in my nine month window. I'm going to submit a package to go to Bud's to go to become a Navy SEAL. He was like, that's great, but you're too critical to the Navy because of that school that you went to in Dan Neck, Virginia. Um, I'm not going to let you go uh, go to SEAL training. And I was like, what, well, was your, what was
0: your MOS?
1: I was a gunner's mate. Okay. uh gu- gunners mate missiles so i worked on on uh, missile launchers for tomahawk missiles it was a new system right. at the time and so he was like sorry you're you're not gonna go i'm not gonna release you and i was like well mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense how do you you know i'm using logic here uh and he's using i don't care uh he's using the you went to the school you're critical I need you to go to another ship that's just like the one you were just on yeah. and do this job all over again and get better at it and advance in in the ranks in the Navy. And I had zero desire to do that. Um, and so I took the SEAL screening test again. I failed it the second time I took it. Uh, this time I failed the run. And there were, let's see, there were about eight guys taking the, the screening test. Uh, I was the only one taking it to become a seal. Everyone else was either taking it to become an EOD guy or a diver. Okay. I beat everyone on every event. I was the fastest swimmer. I was the fastest runner. I was the, did the most push ups, pull ups, and sit ups. But I failed the run by like twelve seconds. And you know, it, and the other thing is, so the 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 times, the standards are higher for the seal screening test. So the 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 swim times were were faster the runtimes were faster and you also run in long pants and boots folks he's having
0: a coffin fit it's on, All right,
1: it's on and bad i I'll, I'll get I'll get through it no I'm um, good <laughs> um, and again there was another that that sort of mediocre uh entitlement mindset almost right there the reason that i I could have passed it but, you know, I was beating everyone at everything. And I'm like, I just sort of like the last, I don't know, quarter mile. I just took it easy because I was so far ahead, everyone else. And I came across the line and I'm like, I'm good. I got this. And the guy calls out my time and I was like, that can't be right. So like lessons learned through failure here. Yeah. Um, and so I, I eventually passed it, passed the screening test the third time around and then the fourth time around. And I go, I call the seal detailer. I'm like, Hey man, did you get my package? The go to buds? I did all the physical stuff, all the medical stuff, all the everything. It's a lot of stuff that, that takes place. And they're like, yeah, we got it here, but we're waiting for your detailer to release you. And I said, like, there's nothing you guys can do. They're like, Nope. And so I call my detailer again. And I was like, so can you release me, please? He was like, no. I said, well, if you don't let me go, I'm going to get out of the Navy. And he was like, okay. But I said, if I do go, then you got me back. If I do go and I don't make it, then you got me back. It's like, it's a, you're, the odds are really in your favor. He's like, nope, I'm not going to let you go. I'm like, okay, check.
0: All because, all because of the whole, you're worth more.
1: Yep, exactly. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm there on the ship, still trying to figure out, I'm getting letters of recommendation. I'm getting, you know, as much stuff as I can to, to put in my package. And uh, then, then we get the word that the chief of Naval Operations is going to come to our ship in Yokosuka, Japan. And for those who don't know who that person is, he's the most senior person in the Navy. The only people who are more senior to him in the military is the secretary of defense and the president of the United States. So now this guy, the the, the head guy of the Navy, is coming to, to my ship in Yokosuka, Japan. He didn't go to any other ship. And he comes to the ship and he has CNO's call. and He's like, this is my vision of the Navy, blah, 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 this and that. And the other thing, does anyone have any questions? I got one. Over here, uh, call on me, pick me. And so uh I was the second person he called and I said, I joined the Navy to become a Navy SEAL. I think I deserve a chance to go. Uh my detail won't let me go because he says I'm too critical to the Navy. What do you think? He turned to my commanding officer and he says, Is he a good guy? He was like, Yeah, he was a sailor of the quarter this quarter, which is like employee of the month, because I did a good job sweeping the floors and some other stuff. I don't really know. You I did your duty. Why, but... I did my thing and, um, and he turns back to me and he says, check, you'll be in the first class after your PRD, which is planned rotational date. Six weeks later, I was off to California to seal train. So from that, I spent 26 years in the Navy and 23 of those 26 years, I was in the seal teams. Then I retired and here we are today. There's well, a, a the few more, uh, few more stories in there as well, but
0: yeah, because I like the idea that, um, that you didn't make it first time around that it didn't all work out you know right. because uh you know this this podcast is not necessarily geared towards military people it's towards civilians average everyday people people who go through shit every day yep. every day and then i think too many times everyone hears the cinderella story they don't hear the stuff like this like no dude i had to take it three or four times before i passed yep. it you know and 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 i think that um tenacity says a lot to it i think your name your name says a lot for that as well. Will, the you know the will is everything. You know, right. if you have the willingness to continue forward, it doesn't matter, dude. It 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 would take death to stop you. I mean, um, and I like and I like the idea of that. But I got to stop for one second and ask you something real important. Okay. Miss State, old Miss. Are you a fan of either? Um, growing up, I was uh, Mississippi State. Mississippi state. Okay. I just had to ask cause I'm a huge football fan and you said you were from Mississippi. So I had to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: I'm actually, I'm actually working on, so I do a lot of speaking now and coaching, not a lot of speaking. I want to do a lot more, but, um, I'm, I am, I'm actually going hunting with one of the co-founders of Mossy Oak. Okay. Camouflage. And, uh, and I was talking to him at an event and he said, Oh, and I'm, and, and Old Miss and Mississippi State are, are two of the schools I want to go speak to. And he's like, Oh, you want to speak there? Just send me your, send me a, like a, a page and I'll make it happen. So I'm, <laughs> I'm actually flying to, to Mississippi this weekend to a funeral, to my grandmother's funeral. I'm sorry. To hear uh, that. And then I'm, th- thank you. Um, she'd lived a good life. She was, uh, it was, it was time. Okay. Um, but I'm going to uh, try to catch a ride with him and then drive to, uh, Drive to the Kennedy Ranch in Texas. Oh, I'm familiar. Um, to, I, I hadn't really heard of it, but it's kind of a big deal, I guess, yeah. to do, a, to do a, a, a few days of hunting. You go bow uh, hunt or gun there. hunt? We'll, we'll be gun hunting.
0: You'll be gun hunting. We just, I'm, I'm a bow hunter myself. I do quite a bit of bow hunting up here in Kentucky. So uh, yeah, yeah I, I love bow hunting. And uh, so yeah, you'll love the Kennedy Ranch. I've never gone, but I know several people who have. You going after whitetails? Okay, folks. There you You're are. You're back. Hold on. There I you are it for a second. Holy cow! That we just made it. The shit out of me. <laughs> Hold on one second. Let me make sure I don't have kids online because they lo- you know how the things are nowadays. These kids love the stream.
1: You know what? I I get on. Uh, I I do a lot of Zoom calls, yeah. and I've got a buddy. We're we're doing some some work together, and uh, he's in Wyoming. He has big internet pipes and he still freezes all the time really yeah it's just weird black yeah. magic data moving around the world yeah and we're
0: kind of far apart so well it's actually kind of amazing if you think about it um you know you dude you're i mean you're in freaking hawaii and we're talking i'm in kentucky yeah. so that's that's pretty damn amazing if you think about it um yeah so we're hunting, Um. Yeah, so like right now we started our bow season. We started our bow season uh, a week ago, and it runs until the third week of January. It's one of the longest oh, wow. bow seasons in the country. So I usually don't start getting out in the woods until like the first week of October. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't like getting up there when it's really, really hot. You know, I like when you talk about, um, you know, those personal conversations you have with yourself. For me, hunting is is one of those times I do a lot of that.
1: Oh yeah. You're alone yep. in the woods. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. You're, you're there with God's creation and just chilling and there's nothing going on. And you're really forced to block everything else out and just pay attention to what's going on around you. And usually you end up having those conversations in your head that you normally wouldn't because it's full of all kinds of other crap. Right.
1: All this other noise. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's a big part of uh, trying to stay sane. And, and I believe it personally, it's uh it's part of that, that, that overcoming or that warrior mind is this, the solitude of, of, of trying to be chill and trying to square things away in your own head before you, you know, before you head out and do things. Um, so you go through buds, um, everybody well, and I'm not sure everybody knows, but people think that buds, you're done with buds and then that's it. But that's not true. You actually got a whole bunch of other crap to do after that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Right. You know most people they they know about hell week yeah and they're like oh you made it through hell week i'm like yeah and i made it through the other 25 weeks of seal training also
0: yeah there's a bunch of other stuff that goes with it yeah and yeah so, and and ahead, so bro. just
1: to kind of like just kind of for your listeners who don't know so hell week i think it's like weekly three or four now it's pretty early on but when i went through it was week six and uh so you lose about 70 percent of the people from day one till hell week starts. And then you lose about 70% of the people who's left over in the class. And then of those who graduate hell week, about 70% of those people graduate. So even though you make it through hell week, that doesn't like, still doesn't mean you're going to graduate. Yeah. So you can still fail for, uh, academic stuff. You can fail for performance. You can, you kicked out for a bad mm-hmm. attitude. Um, you know, again, it, buds is just, it's a selection course and they want to see if you have what it takes mentally, uh, and physically um but you know the stuff underwater a lot of times is even harder than some of the stuff that we did during hell week
0: it's just that they're intentionally trying to break you they're they're trying to break you down mentally physically yeah and they're and they're trying to see you know
1: like for the stuff underwater are you going to freak out when you have no air when you're beyond what you think you can handle having no air Mm. uh are are you are you or are you going to do the procedures as perfectly as we tell you to do them because we expect nothing but perfection out of these procedures. So, um, you know, there's an event in second phase in the dive phase that almost everyone I know says that it's harder than hell week. And I'm in 100% agree with in in, in agreement with them. Yeah. And it's just one event. It's 20 minutes long, but it's really one of the hardest things that you do
0: in seal training. It's difficult. So you go through, you spend your time in the teams, then, all right, you get out. Um, and I can't say where you're probably any different than any other guys that I know. Um, there's a lot to deal with once you get out. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So I tell people that my transition from the military to civilian life, because I spent my entire adult life from the time I graduated high school till that day that I Retired air quotes in the military, and so you know I use the analogy where if you've ever seen the 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 movie The Avengers where Thanos like snaps his fingers and half the world's population goes away, it was kind of like that for me. Like one day I had a purpose, I had a mission, and I had a team, and it was a badass purpose and a badass mission and a badass team. And overnight it was gone. I lost my purpose, I lost my mission, and I lost my team, and I had no idea what the hell I was going to do. I had kind of an idea of what I was going to do. I started a company, a bit of a failure. It wasn't a huge failure, but there was there was certainly, uh, I learned a lot of things that I don't want to do and how not to do things. Yeah. Um, so there, there was some good in that. I'm glad I did it, but I was absolutely, you know, lost. Uh, I did not have purpose. I didn't have mission and I certainly didn't have a team. And so that's what I've been doing really for the last, after I finally got my shit together over the last, at least two and a half years is really figuring out my purpose, figuring out my mission and building my new, what I like to call my new seal team. Like the people that I surround myself with on purpose. Now I call that that's my seal team. Yeah. Your squad. So I had to like crew. completely like rebuild that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think it's uh what's the guy's name who says, uh, the, the, you are the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. Interesting. And so I'm, uh, it was Jim Rohn who, who said that. And, uh, you know, I want to make sure that the people that I surround myself with, even if it's virtually are high performers, people who are going to hold me to a higher standard that I'm going to hold myself to, I'm also going to hold them to a higher standard. So if you're in my circle, then you're get ready. Cause it's like, you can't, you can't backtrack. I mean, you can, but you're going to learn very quickly that you need to pull your head out of your ass. And that's and the same for me. Like I have to be held accountable as well. I like, I like that accountability.
0: Yeah. And that's, and if you, the only way you can appreciate that type of mindset and and being surrounded by those people is being in that experience, have been there. The problem with being in an experience with that, when you got people that are snapping just clicking and everything is working and moving is that once you've experienced that and you come out of it and you end up in a place where that's not happening. Yeah. uh, Mentally and emotionally dealing with that is very taxing. Um, And especially if you're stuck in that situation that you have to be in it, you're just trying to make the best out of that situation to then you're constantly fighting to get back to, that elite, not well. I hate to use the word elite mind, but and to me, that elite mind doesn't just mean military. I experienced it in my 22 years of land surveying. I worked with some kick-ass crews, man. Yeah. Some people that just had their shit together, and you get just out high-performing teams. Yeah, just people that just know the job, know what's got to be done, and then you're just hard at it. And it's it's very difficult once you get out to maintain that mind in. It's a struggle to like, and, and I applaud you for pushing through that because I'm kind of, I've, 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 let's just say that I'm in a, in a, in a wilderness now where I'm, I'm working with that now. And I'm kind of where you were probably two years ago is I'm like, you know what? I just, I need to, I need to surround myself with the right people. You know, I, yeah. I, I want to win. I want to overcome. I want to, so that's why I dig what you're saying. Cause that's, that's the mindset for me that I, that I strive with, you know? So I appreciate you saying that.
1: And, you know, and, and I've found through my journey that it's not just military people. It's, you know, just like, like we said, high performing teams. Uh, You know, I've, I know people who are CEOs of businesses, they sold their business and they like went into this sort of death spiral of like, what do I do now? I've lost my purpose, my mission and my team. And so uh, that's, you know, I've got a buddy who's a, he was a, um, a professional, uh, baseball player. And, you know, we've, he's the guy I was talking about in, in Wyoming. And, uh, so we've, we've actually come together and we've created an organization, uh, called man-made. And as soon as I hang up with this call, I I'll get on the phone with him and, and talk some more about that. But really it's about men coming together, men being men again, and giving men a high performance, you know, surrounding ourselves with, Other high performing men, people who actually give a shit about life, people, men who want to be like men again. And so a lot of the things that we do are, are very experiential. Um, you know, we just did, uh, we climbed the grand Teton, uh, about a month ago. And I, I'm, I'm in pretty good shape. I'm not super soft guy over here. Um, that kicked my ass. That was, you know, I live at sea level. I can see the ocean from my house. That was 13,300 something feet. Yeah. The only time I'm at that altitude is I'm in an airplane or jumping out of an airplane. Yeah. And anything above 12,000 feet, they put us on oxygen. So, um, here I am like above the birds and helicopters are below us and I'm just barely getting by, but we, we go and we do these hard things. We're, I think we're talking about doing maybe a rim to rim to rim grand Canyon, uh, around spring break, uh, next year. But anyway, we're, we're building this community of men so that men can, you know, have a, a a place to go to, you know, to bitch, to find support, to help, you know, uh, to be a little bit vulnerable because no man ever wants to be vulnerable ever. Um, especially in your high performing alpha type personality. None of us want to be vulnerable, but there are times where we need to like, we, you know, that song lean on me. It's yeah. kind of like that. You, you, we do need support.
0: Yeah. And what I like the most about hanging out with guys that are, you know, in, in, in that type of mindset is that if you are bitching and it's unfounded, even if it's founded, the gallows humor you usually can't hide from. And they're going to call you on your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what I like the most about that is I'm very type A. So it comes across really directly. And it's just like, dude, you just, you know, you just need to get your shit together and just stop it, you know? And, and I like that kind of talk because it's serious and it's real. I'm, I was raised in New York. So, you know, I, I like direct and I like up front, you know, it's just dude, just, you know what, you know, you're just completely caving on this situation. Just stop being a bitch completely, yeah. you know, and and uh, that's one thing I like about it because when you're with people that hold you accountable and it's, re- and it's reciprocal, then, yep. Then you're like, well, you know what? These guys, these guys, it's like uh, you, you roll, you do BJJ or you do anything. Yeah. Yep, okay. Yep. So, I roll. I'm, okay, like
1: I'm like a 25 year blue belt.
0: Okay. Well, I roll with guys, but you know, mm-hmm. BJJ is not my base system. I'm a kali guy, but I cross train yep. boxing and BJJ and Muay Thai. <laughs> well, the thing about it is, is that your your training partners actually are detrimental to your growth. If 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 these guys are not with you and helping you grow, then they're actually, they're crippling you. Slowing you down, yeah. They're slowing you down. They're not helping you grow. So those guys need to be there. You need those types of people there or else you're not going to grow, man. Yeah. You're not going to grow. Yeah, 100%. So let me ask you, what are your feelings? What are your honest feelings about failure? What are your, I'm curious to see that because am I ask, how old are you now? 40, I'll be 49 in one month. Okay, so you and I are real close to the same age. So... About 40, about 40-ish, my feelings on failure changed. And I'm curious how you feel about failure.
1: So you, you see my shirt and it says get naked. Yeah. And uh, naked is an acronym. And so the A in naked, it stands for accept failure. And so a lot of this talk, I've talked about my failures along the way. I wouldn't be where I am had I not had the failures to get me there. And so I look at failures. I, I was It's interesting. I was having a, a podcast with uh, uh, a lady of about, I don't know, eight months ago. And we were talking about failure. And, um, you know, most people try to hide their failures. Like they're ashamed of the things that um, the failures that that they have in their life, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a business, whether it's whatever. And I say, and I was the same way. I never wanted to show weakness or like I was insecure. I was not man enough to own my own shit. And so, but now, you know, in, in steel training, you fail all the time and it's just expected. And that's just the way it is. And guys oftentimes quit because they couldn't stand the thought of being told that they weren't good enough. They're like, what the, I, dude, I, I made it. Well, guess what? This is not about you. This is about the team. This is a team effort. Mm -hmm. And so they would end up quitting for, you know, reasons like that. But I look at failure as like you like, whatever you see on my wall back here. There's so many failures. Those are like trophy, tr- trophies of failure. Like I don't, I didn't get those for being successful. I did those for failing, mm-hmm. over and over. And if we are, if we are brave enough to put our failures, like hang our failures on the wall, like yeah. I failed at that, and it was awesome because these are all the yeah. things I learned. Use the failure as your foundation you'll be more successful at the end of the day.
0: Dude, that's
1: like jujitsu is like the best, like the best example, because it doesn't matter. Like you go in there, you're going to lose the end. And, uh, I, I actually met a guy this past weekend in Chicago who has 26 different black belts, 26 different systems. Um, and he's a black belt in jujitsu. And we got, we did some, some jujitsu rolling, uh, with, Oh gosh, I forgot the 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 guys' names. They're they were amazing, and he's a black belt in jujitsu, and he's still like like absorbing the just the essence of like of the movement and the failure and the tapping and the like. It's like it was awesome watching a guy who is a master at like so many martial arts, still a total white belt student in his mind. Like yeah. I am still here to learn, yeah. and
0: fail and learn and fail and learn and fail because that's that's all that's i mean have you read five rings i have not you ever read the five rings it's it's a great book and it and musashi talks quite a bit about Five in the five rings he talks about failure um and that's kind of where I, i actually read the five rings when i was around 40 and i read it and i just and then and i saw that philosophy and i it just it just makes sense you know this idea of how do you how do you how do you get stronger unless you tear your body down? How do you, how do you understand you got to go through adversity? You got to go, you know, um, part of my faith is, is, you know, I'm a messianic Jew and this idea the idea of failure, failure is not something that should be frowned on. Failure is a part of growth. You have to struggle. Struggle means growth. And I think too many people nowadays, they see the way the world is right now. And it's painted in this, uh, you know, in this, in this, uh, everything's all rosy all the time. And I think uh, a lot of people struggle with that and they realize that they're flawed, just like the rest of us. And they, and they think that they can never achieve greatness because they're always flawed. Well, guess what folks, everybody listening out there, we're all flawed. We all failed, you know, and it fails. And and is a tearing down every day. And if you're doing it right, you should be failing a lot in a day if you're doing anything, um, so I'm I'm glad to hear that you, you know, you have that way about failure because, man, I think there's just way too many people painting a picture of like, no, it's going to be fantastic all the time. I mean, I don't really like to fail, honest, but I appreciate
1: every time I fail. I don't yeah. like it. It sucks, but yeah. I appreciate it every time.
0: Yeah. Like you were saying, BJJ does that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a practitioner in a number of Filipino systems. and the dude, the first time, I mean, I've done all kinds of ground systems. I've done all kinds of stuff. First time I crawled in onto the mat man, with a, with the BJJ guy, it was, it was, (laughs) it was a massacre, man. My ground game is horrible to start with. I've always been a striker and this guy murdered me. I mean, just absolutely murdered me. And, uh, but, but then the great part about it, I love it. I loved every minute of it. You know, it's like, Oh my God, let's do it again. You know, just, I don't know. You wake up in the morning and you're just, you know, you're sore. You're, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a great, it's a great, like you're talking about humbling. You know, the, the road to relevance is paved by humility. That's, that's how you get there. You know? Um, so let me ask you a question. What's, uh, you know, what's in the future for naked, you know, for naked warrior recovery? Um, the future
1: is I you know I want to grow this as much as I can. Yeah, you know, so you know I talked about mission and and purpose and and team. Um, so our mission at Naked Warrior Recovery is is twenty two to zero. So we you know we lose twenty two veterans a day to suicide. Okay. The number is actually probably a lot bigger than that, but that's okay. the the current spoken uh, number. And if we can reduce and eliminate veteran suicide, first responder suicide. Okay awesome. I mean, my dad is, is one of those 22. My dad took his own life. And so it's a very personal, thank you. It's a very personal mission for us. Um, and so that that's, that's what we're going to do. That's where, that's what we're trying to do. Um, CBD so primarily naked wear recovery is primarily a CBD company because CBD was a modality that helped turn down this noise in my head. Um, so that I can have more positive self-talk so I could come up with the actual, the get naked mindset, start naked worry recovery and, and start moving in that direction. Um, so mm-hmm. part of the the mission is, is, you know, it's the 22 to zero, uh, selling CBD and some other supplement products out there, having the highest quality supplements, uh, in the market. Um, the other thing is, is coaching people, coaching leaders, how to be better leaders. And so, um, Part of that is is going around the nation speaking at any event that I can uh, you know speak at uh, speaking to companies coaching companies on making leaders their leaders better you know I like to say uh, if you want to if you want to lead your team like a seal team um, or turn your employees from employees into team members, then we can help you with that if you want to you know lead your team like a seal team, then we can help you with that as well so and it doesn't have to be you know some of my clients are some are like in the CEO world and some are just mid-level leaders who just want to be better. They know that they have the capacity. They just need a little help to get where they want to be.
0: Right on. So there is, well, so you, you got a number of different things you're working yeah. on, you a number of different fronts you're working on. Yeah. Um, and,
1: and then also the man-made side of it as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Focusing and on, on just men.
0: That, uh. If anybody out there is listening to this, that, um, especially I like the point that you, we talked about this on the, on the phone is the noise dialing yep. back the noise. Um, I know a lot of people that, that deal with that and it's specifically first responders and, and a lot of guys that are dealing with that. Um, guys, if you're, if you haven't looked into CBD, you really need to, um, you, you know, don't, uh, well, can you elaborate? Cause I think there's a lot of people out there who think that to take CBD, there is a you know, there's a THC element that they're gonna be taking in. Can you can you shed a little bit of light on that? Yeah,
1: it's super easy. So ninety ninety-five percent of my products, ninety-three percent of my products, um, do not have any THC in them at all. So the purpose for that was really focusing on veterans and first responders, people who are concerned about uh, drug testing. I do have some products that do have. Small to medium levels of THC in them because there was a demand for that. Uh, I believe that you know, for me, you know, when I was trying to get control of this noise in my head, I would use alcohol as my medicine of choice, Mm -hmm. and so I would pretty much just drink myself to sleep at night because it doled out the noise or drink till I passed out. You frame it however you want to frame it. Yeah. And so I I became very dependent on alcohol to turn down this noise that I have in my head, all this baggage that I have. And that's what get naked is about. It's about, you know, taking this ego, this baggage that we carry around off and become vulnerable so that we can find the healing that we need. It's not that easy to do. It's, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. And so I, a lot of times I say, you know, get naked. It's that simple, but it's not easy. And so CBD was a modality that helped turn down that noise in my head. So the kind of a little bro science behind CBD is CBD is, um, it's not psychoactive. It doesn't, you don't get high. You don't get a buzz. You don't get anything from it oftentimes. So my story with CBD is someone actually gave me my first bottle of CBD. Cause I was like, I need to try it. Even though I'm a child of Nancy Reagan's war on drugs, just say no. Mm-hmm. I had heard that it helps with stress and anxiety and, um, sleep and pain and all sorts of other things. And I'm like, I for sure need to try this because I'm tired of drinking myself to death over here. Yeah. So let's fix my own wagon. And so, um, I tried CBD, maybe I felt something, maybe not. I don't think I really felt a whole lot, but what I noticed over time is I like to say water boils at 212 degrees. I was probably living my life at 210 degrees. I was right there at that boiling point. So it didn't take much, any sort of trigger would come in and I would hit the boiling point and I would, you know, kind of, you know, react in that way. But what I noticed over time is I went from 210 to 205 to 200 195 to 190 maybe 185 I got out of that red zone out of that Like super like yeah. ready to boil Like the frog in boiling water Yeah, uh, I got out of that and, and no, you pun know, got into, no, no pun intended No pun intended I do think about that every time I say it But I, I got you know further away from that boiling point And then I stopped taking CBD And I started getting closer to it And I noticed pains that I hadn't noticed Go away start coming back um, And so I was like well maybe there was something to that And so I, you know, bought a different brand. I had similar results. Then I was like, I want to be part of this industry. This is when I was like still lost. Um, I'm failing at this business that I started. Uh, I need to figure out what I want to do. Maybe maybe CBD is the thing that I want to do. Maybe I want to go work for a CBD company. And this was CBD had just really become legal. It became CBD became legal uh, December 20th of 2018 at the passing of the 2018 farm bill. So that's okay. what made hemp, hemp legal. So hemp is a cannabis plant. Yep. The difference between cannabis and marijuana is the actual definition is the dried weight of the plant has 0.3% or less THC. So hemp has THC in it. It's really the same thing as the marijuana plant, whatever. It's just how it's bred and the amount of THC that it has in it. So the dried weight of the, of the hemp plant has 0.3% less of THC. The hemp plant, the cannabis plant, has over 120 different minor cannabinoids. So think CBD, THC, CBN, CBG, THCV, all these like, and, and terpenes. Terpenes are essential oils, are in this plant. And they all work kind of synergistically with the body. Man has been using the cannabis plant for medicine for thousands, of, thousands years. of years, thousands of years, it was actually demonized about a hundred years ago, uh, under, you know, extreme racism and, um, and monopolization of the paper industry.
0: I, I was just going to um, say, I heard the paper, the paper industry yeah. played a big part in that.
1: Yep. Yeah. And they use, they use, you know, racism as a, as a way to like push it through yep. uh, Congress and, and, and make it happen. Um, even if you are going down the THC road, THC does so The let me back up. The damage that alcohol does to the body and the brain is, is ridiculous. It's terrible. Yeah. THC doesn't do any of that. Yeah. It just goes in, it binds with those neuroreceptors, and then when it's done, it it lets go and it, you know, gets passed through the body. Yep. And it's interesting, CBD and THC, they're actually antithesis, uh, so that you know THC goes in and it binds to these neuroreceptors CBD actually goes in and it will unbind the THC from the neuroreceptor and like kind of if you're having like a really terrible like high like yeah. kind of uh, schizophrenic almost it can help bring you back down off of that high um but they do work well together in the body when they're in in with the other minor cannabinoids and terpenes that are in the oil so you have three main oils i'm i'm trying not to go too too deep here no you have that's three fine. main three main kind of categories here. You have a, a CBD isolate, which is they just isolate that molecule CBD, mm-hmm. and then they get rid of all the other good stuff that's in the in the in the in the oil. Then you have a uh, a a broad spectrum product, which is you extract all the good stuff, all the minor cannabinoids and terpenes out of the plant. And then you, we remove that molecule THC. So that's ninety percent of the products that we carry are broad spectrum products. And then you have the full spectrum product where it still has those, uh, um, it still has the the uh, molecule THC in the plant or in the oil. Sorry, no um, and and so uh, so so most of our products are broad spectrum because there's a lot of people out there. That are still concerned about drug testing, but I'm starting to carry some other products that have some more TC in them, but still under the the legal limit of 0.3 percent or less uh, of the dried weight, according
0: to the Farm Bill. Well, the a lot of people don't even realize that, uh, like in my case, I've done a lot of research on it. Like they they've they've tracked it down to like 2,500 you know bce the egyptians using it um even my people the hebrews they've even found you know (laughs) a lot of track a lot of 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 findings with the hebrews using using uh hemp and and different uh cannabis plants um and and not just people automatically want to default facto to you know basically stoner sitting around eating cheetos but the bottom line is is uh you know, different the different oils, uh, rope, clothing, uh, papyrus, um, and the, the list goes on and on and on of all yeah. the different benefits of the use of the plant.
1: And so here's here's sort of the why CBD has kind of exploded in like popularity. I guess um, I think one piece of it is because it was it's sort of a little bit unknown and people don't know what it really does. But uh, there's also a bunch of like medical claims out there of like. You know, people saying CBD cured my cancer. CBD did this. It did all these other things. CBD didn't do any of that stuff. So every mammal has what's called an endocannabinoid system. And this is pretty new science. I've talked to, you know, several doctors and they're like, they didn't teach us anything about this in, you know, medical school. But what they, you know, as I'm doing continuing education, we're starting to learn about this. And so what what the endocannabinoid system is, It's a giant neuroreceptor system in the body that's connected to every other system in the body. Think your your central nervous system, your immune system, your respiratory system, your digestive system, your lymphatic system. It's connected to every system in the body. And, you know, things happen. The environment happens, pollution, whatever. You do terrible stuff to your body. You get chronic disease, chronic illness. And that affects a system or more systems in the body. And that pulls the whole system out of balance and what they found is that you create two natural endogenous cannabinoids naturally so you can create uh, one that's called 2AG it's a big medical E word and you create another one that's called anandamide so if you've ever experienced sort of that runner's high that feel good after working out oh yeah that's actually anandamide uh that helps with the upregulation of serotonin it helps you feel really good and so that is those are two cannabinoids that feed your endocannabinoid system that helps bring it back into homeostasis. Well, sometimes you don't make enough of that and the system gets out of whack. And so what CBD does, it's, it's like a key. It's like, think of a door with 10,000 locks. If you don't have all the keys, then the door is not going to open properly. So what CBD is, is it's like a, a super multivitamin for your endocannabinoid system. So it goes in, it feeds your endocannabinoid system, helps bring it back into homeostasis, bring it back into balance. And then that will help bring all the other systems in the body back into balance and your body actually starts healing itself the way that it's designed to do. So that's sort of the, the bro science behind like why CBD is popular and why it helps a lot of people in a lot of ways. And it's interesting. Like people are like, well, I don't feel anything when I take CBD. How do I know if it's work? How if how do I know if it works? Well, do you take vitamin C or any other supplements like that? How do you, how do you know those are working? Yeah. Like there's like science, there's science behind all of this stuff. Yeah. CBD oh, yeah. is just it's it's new science because it was demonized
0: for exactly. the last hundred years, last hundred years. Yeah, I, I agree with that. percent. So, folks, what he's actually saying is, is that and I'm going to kind of I'm going to I'm going to further crush this down is, is that what he's saying is, is that your body already produces a type of of cannabinoid. And what CBD is doing is it's almost like when you uh, when you prime the carburetor on a car. It's not getting enough gas. That CBD is, is kind of priming that prompt and getting things moving again. That's, uh, I did not know that. So I learned something today. So that's, that's really, really cool. That's really cool. I didn't, I, you know, I, I wouldn't have even suspected that, you know, because they, 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 they brainwash us as kids, you know, no, 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 no No drugs are bad. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's something like, you know, but where cannabis is, is, you know, straight from the earth, man. You know, straight from the earth. And it's interesting.
1: There's like, like, like the pharmaceutical industry is built off of plants from the earth. Yeah. Like, I forgot. It's like, it's been a while since I looked this up, but it's like 70% of pharmaceuticals come from some molecule from some plant on the earth. And so what they do is they find, they, they, they single out the molecule that, is doing the heavy lifting and then they make a synthetic version of that molecule. And that's what the pharma that's what most of your pharmaceuticals actually uh, come from.
0: That's crazy. Cause uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's either the word pharmacology. It, it is either connected to the Greek word. And if, if I'm not mistaken, the Greek word from pharmacology is also tied to, to witchcraft. There's a similar word. So I, I just, I'm not going to openly bash them online, but, guys they're just it just doesn't make sense to me you know it makes yeah. it, it makes zero sense to me that we can watch we these commercials you know and, and they'll sit there and tell you what all these different you know side effects are and all this stuff and and they're basically killing you they're killing you and that's okay but this dude or this child over here who's suffering from all kinds of different, you know, uh, different, you know, different fits and all this stuff. And this cannabis would be a way to help this child. No, 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 we can't have that. We need this kid on 15 different drugs from the farm, ph- you know, pharmacy. It's ridiculous.
1: Oh, I, you know what? Sorry. I would totally thought I hit mute and I was like, couldn't multitask. Don't worry right about there. It. Um, but it's sad, but it's, it's sad. Uh, the, you know, that, that, totally reminds me of my, my daughter who has ADHD and, uh, we don't, we haven't put her on any meds or anything like that. Um, but I do give her CBD. Like I give her like the full spectrum. It has okay. like a little bit of THC and, and it's funny, I give it like, th- there's zero science behind what I'm going to tell you right now. Sure. But what I do is I, um, it's just my, my hypothesis is I have her go, you know, she has breakfast in the morning and then I'd say, go brush your teeth. And then when she comes back, I give her the the CBD oil and she switches it around. My theory is like when she brushes her teeth, she opens up like little pores in her mouth. And, you know, the the tinctures that you put under your tongue that are, you know, kind of like this. Yeah, you sublingual. Yeah, exactly. Man, Um, it'll absorb in more areas of the mouth. So that's that's my theory. And so. What I was, you know the the hypothesis, you know, was that it would absorb more, and we actually saw her improve in some of her schoolwork
0: and that and that has been oh <laughs> and that's working, <laughs> and that's working for you long term have you been doing that for a while with her
1: yeah. so I started off with like gummies and no okay. no noticeable change, yeah, but uh, you know, I was like, What, what do we got to lose? Yeah, I have it. You know, I have a company. So let's, let's try it out. So
0: you're like the hair club for men guy, dude, man. You're just right. Yeah. Well, next thing you know, I'm going to see you again. You're going to say, dude, I figured (laughs) out a new, a a new use for CBD. I'm rubbing it on my head, man.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Something like that.
0: Yeah. I I actually like
1: being bald now. So,
0: well, let me tell you what though. I, I see a lot of guys see like, this is my thing. If it ever happens, I'm going to be like you. I'm just going to swap my brush in for a razor. Embrace it. Dude, for what? Really, right? Why fight it? Like, I'm just going to, we're just going to talk about guy stuff real quick. But these dudes who fight it in like the comb over.
1: With the comb over. The, yeah. Yeah,
0: Dude. You just- know, I,
1: actually, at, at one of these man made events that we had, uh, one of the other guys is like in the, you know, the starting, the start. He actually, these two guys actually helped start it before I came on board. Um, <clears throat> we had one of the events and then it was, a it was an alpha camp and it was just like, we did like some really hard workouts. And then we just went and like spent some time in the woods. We shot guns. We drove some ATVs around. We just like, you know, very experiential. And then we went and got like really high end haircuts and, uh, beard trims and things like that. And so the other guy who it was in the army, he like was like not embracing it. And I was like, bro just do just it. just embrace man. it yeah. like you're here like what do you got to lose like Get trim off. up the beard and shave the head straight razor the whole big deal and uh and he did and now he's like he's not going back he's like i don't even know what i looked like before and i was like it was this is better dude I told, I told
0: my wife i said when it happens not only am i swapping for a razor i'm gonna make the razor that I'm going to shave it. my head with. I said, I'm done. Forget about it. I love it. That's Why awesome. Why fight it? Why fight it? All right. Well, Will, I enjoyed this. I don't want to take any more of your time. Uh, Will, if people want to find out and learn more about what you're doing, where can they contact you at?
1: So what I would like to do, first of all, I'd like to share um, my uh, what Get Naked is all about. Sure. Go so ahead. if you go to the website, the number five, fivesealsecrets.com, the secret is naked, just so you know. FiveSealSecrets.com. Put your name and email in there. I'll send you a PDF. It's got some cool pictures and it really breaks down what naked is about. And you know, to kind of give you a little, um, this is a lot of the most of the keynotes that I give when I when I travel around and speak. Um, and just to kind of show how it impacted one life, uh, I, I shared it with a buddy of mine. He's in the outdoor apparel industry. When I first created it, and uh, he was you know struggling with like ex wife and some other. Things with work, and we were kind of talking about like let's let's look at like you know how you can uh, impact your company. How like he was having some issues with the CEO because the CEO was like they just got a bunch of like venture capital funding in, and uh, and I'm like okay, let's sit down with your CEO and like figure out like do like a, a, a near, medium, and long term plan so you can like figure out like exactly how to attack the problems. And so, and I was like, um, and by the way, like, check out, you know, my my five steel secrets, and and like, give me your feedback. He never got back to me, but that's okay. Uh, the next time I saw him, I was in Denver doing us like my very first speaking event ever, and uh, I was like, hey, how did that meeting with your CEO go? He's like, oh, I didn't tell you. I was like, no. He said, uh, so I went into, and and my buddy Jim is very reserved, so he's like, I went into uh, my CEO's office, and I said. Um, he's like, I walked in there. And I was like, Hey, Robert, I am afraid I'm not going to be able to perform for you. And the CEO looked back at him and he was like, what, number one, why are you being assertive? Cause you're a pretty reserved guy. Number two, why are you saying you're afraid? And number three, why are you being honest about it? He was like, "Oh, I'm, my buddy's uh, his five seal secrets. I'm exposing my fear, and that's the E in, in naked. I'm exposing my fears, and I'm telling you, if you talk to us the way that you talked to us the other day, I'm afraid I won't be able to perform for you the way that I know that you need us to perform." He was like, "Oh, can you share those five seal secrets with me?" So he shared them, and so that'll turn into some other some other stuff down the line. But uh, so anyway, it's uh, it's it's a pretty good read. I'm not saying it just because I wrote it. It's oh, actual right feedback up, that I've man. gotten. Um, and I think it's like a way to live your life, you know, really the get naked mindset. Uh, but if you're interested in CBD, you can go to NW recovery.com or naked warrior recovery, all one word, uh, .com. I changed it to NW recovery because maybe people don't want to write naked in their search engine. Not really sure why it was just an epiphany I had one day. So, uh, so, but, <laughs> nw-recovery.com if you don't put the dash in there you're going to go to like northwestern rehab or something so nw-recovery.com and then for everyone that's listening to this uh if you use the discount code goons g-o-n-z um if i spelled that right is goons? there an e at the end yeah goons?
0: yeah that's fine yep. that's yeah yeah
1: you'll, you'll save 20 percent off of every product at naked warrior recovery well, i
0: appreciate that see that man. Yes, My man will getting out in front of it that's awesome i dig that I dig that. Well, brother, you're a goon at heart. Don't let anybody tell you any different. You're you're a go-getter, it. man. That's the whole thing. I got to ask you, know the term pipe pipe hitter, clearly? Yep. You guys, it's, it's an endearing thing with all you guys. Yeah. Uh, do you know that that's actually, it was actually a street term. You know that, right? I didn't know that. Yes, it actually started in England. It was a term that was used when gangsters would basically send a bunch of knuckle draggers into a building with nothing but pipes.
1: That is what it sounds like.
0: Yeah, pretty much. So you're a goon, brother. You just you're I just love the, it. The mindset, you take it. You just grabbing a hold of it and running with it, folks. Will Naked Warrior Recovery, uh, get out, check him out. Check him out on IG. He posts some really cool stuff all the time. Uh, follow him, like him, share him. Send them out to all your friends because I tell you what, he's definitely a goon at heart. Guys, we appreciate you. We thank you for coming. If you got any questions about it, anything we talked about today, um, email me at me at when violence knocks GR at gmail.com. Um, we appreciate you. We're going to close this out with the bone shaker. Appreciate it. Peace.
1: Yes, sir. I appreciate you.